Okay, today's shir we learned Daf Samech Tet, and we continue. We, if you remember last time, we talked about this. We last shita in the Mishnah was Rav Shuvah Ben Gamliel. He says, mm-hmm. Even if someone's banging the sadan, the anvil, prior to working, that would be We explained that, that was Amenet Yado, right? It was it was um, training his arm in the motion, if you like, to get him in the motion to bang properly, mm-hmm. and even that was considered malacha. That's why we explained it. Even though I did, we did bring another explanation. So Gemara says, I don't understand. Let's say someone picked up some shears or something. In order to cut something and didn't end up cutting anything, no one would have a habaminid bichayev. So why is it that if he's just swinging a hammer in a particular motion, before he's done the malach, should he be chayev? So he says, well, it makes a difference. He holds like Rebbe Yehuda. The Tani, it says, So what are these motions? Rav Chaim says, is when you you bang the the uh, the woven area, the karkar, which is that which is that tool we said it was hooked, a little point at the end in order to lafrid that you sort of bang the uh, the whole woven sort of layout, if you like, so that the warp threads uh, separate from one another. Okay. Or the next case is hamekatket. That's where you sort of make you bang the arev, the weaving threads. That's the, the weft threads, yes. Um, and that's in order so that they're not so tight. It says here that um, You'd also be chayiv. What would you be chayiv for? You haven't done any weaving. So it says, Mishum or oreg. Vafal bishul oreg, even if you didn't do any weaving. Vaino taimo, why mishum shuhu metakenata malacha? An action that's metakenata malacha is considered like the malacha. So you see, Rav Shuvan Gamliel holds exactly like our Rebbe Yehuda. So, but one second. Vahacha, it's a, uh, back to the Gemara. I'm just skipped a bit, but um, it says, uh, now it's interesting here in the first instance when you're talking about when it's on the on the whole the, the pulled out threads it's not training your arm like we said he explains it's like or you're through the process you're attacking the malacha Whereas here, literally, we said you actually with a, with a banging the banging the this this hammer or the mallet against this against the anvil, then he is also it's it's training his arm. Now, what's the difference in that and picking up some shears to say and then not doing anything? You're actually aligning your arm. You're getting the, the motion going to actually the malacha. That's actually part of the malacha itself, even though you didn't call in the substantive change in the object you're working on. Why tikkun malacha? Still part of the process of the malacha. The dummy, um, and which is dummy leshovet, which is very similar to sort of separating those threads that you're you doing on the whole weaving machine, which is, is not going to be a shiur to these things. Sorry, is there going to be be a shiur? Whatever's la amenat malacha, whatever is according to their opinion, whatever is considered part of the process of getting you going to do the particular malacha. By the way, that's going to be a kasha we're going to see in the beginning of tomorrow's daf. You'll see on Ketiva. because for certain things there is a shear, and suddenly this seems to doesn't have doesn't seem to have any shear, and that's going to be a steer when the shita Rabbi Huda in tomorrow's daf. We'll, we'll lead to it anyway. Um, fine. 
that's 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 the answer. But picking up shears is not the menet yado. It's not part of the action. Yes, you need to hold shears in your hand, but it's not actually part of the containing or part of the conditions that you to hatlat uh, malacha. Let's call it that. The beginning of your process. You're just picking up shears. You can move them about now. Let's continue now. This is halacha bet. Next mishnah. Ha choresh kol shuhu. The malach of plowing is a, is a kol shuhu, even the smallest man. Ha menachesh makarsem. The ha mezared menachesh is like a weeding. The um, I think it was weeding. Uh, or makarsem mezared. This is when you take cutting off the um, either the dry branches or the moist ones. So makarsem because that afim yaveshim in elam to fix it, and the mezared was the lach ones to thin it out. Okay, if it's too, because if the tree is too bunched up together, you want to improve it. You want to be able to, to grow sufficiently so you sort of thin it out. Then that's also kosher. The shears are kosher. If someone picks up some some pieces of wood, if it's letaken kosher, so either we're talking about on a tree or we're talking on the ground, then if it's letaken, it's a kosher with small amount, either for the purpose of the ground, the soil, or in other words, to clear the space, or you're doing it to improve the tree. If you're picking up this wood, lahasik, if you're doing it to burn, that's it's a color, it's a shear that we said for any fuel. It has to be to the amount of you require. Now, this is interesting here because despite the fact that really, I read it says, um, if it's a color, it says, when you pick it up, it's going to improve the ground by clearing away all this, the, the, the weight, the wood. That it's the nature of the ground is such that you don't really care about it. Okay, fine. Let's continue. And whether he's picking this up, what's the shoe to be chayev for imla be'amav to feed your animal? Then come along pig as we said, like uh, by animal feed, that's the small, that's the shear. Now the Gemara asks, Mach rishayta mishkan. Where was that? Where was that plowing part of the construction of the, of the mishkan? Now we discussed this, this uh, actually this piece a few times until the next mishnah, but we'll go over it uh, more briefly because we have some more detail. If they really, if you remember, we discussed this. Did they really plow in the desert? Did they really grow things in the desert? All right, we discussed that discussion. I think it was a bit buzz earlier, but I couldn't find it. But anyway, let's continue. But anyway, but they, they plowed because they needed it for the simamanim, for the dyes. Okay? The dyes for the, for the, um, where was it? Yeah. That's for the, the shemana mishcha, but the tzviya, also, not just the, the dyes, also shemana mishcha as well, the anointing oil. Okay. But come what's a shear? So, Rev, Rev, Matnaya Omer Kedeli Takresha. The plowing is in order to plant a leek. And Rav Babar Bashem Rav is Kedilita to plant a, a small a seed of a chita, which is even smaller. Now, here, when it comes to carrying, if you recall, this is what we've also seen previously. For particular, for example, these, these kishuim, these cucumber melons, and the diluim, these pumpkins, all these, they are two seeds. So the shear is more. It's different to the shear of plowing. Before we brought that as a question, he was just laying it out. Okay, so tani chitin madiot, shtaim, even this chitin madiot is from madai, this wheat. Um, also shtaim, now despite the fact it's edible, and despite the fact that when it comes to food, it's much bigger shear to go go garret. Why is it, that, why is it the case when it comes to these, these, um, small wheat seeds, or kernels, I should call it that really, that they are, it's only two. So Rabbi Shemur, uh, like we, he answers like we explained before, Rabbi Shemur B'Shem Rabzir says, because these ones are so dear, we give them the smaller shear of other things that are planted, they're not edible. Despite the fact, yeah, for food, you would be normal, that these are like very chashub, so we give it the smaller shear. Now, now the government asks as follows, 
why is it? I read Rav Chaim, he says, why did it, the whole last statement in the Mishnah, the, the Malaket Asavim, if you're picking up some Asavim, um, he actually said Eitzim, but it's Asavim, if you're picking some, some uh, herbage, I don't know how to translate Asavim, grasses, right? We said, the Malaket Lataken, if you're doing Lataken, Far Shamina, we already know that. Malaket is Shir culture. we already know that Shir. Similarly, Malaket if you're doing it for Anna, we've already mentioned that Shir. This whole last Babar in the Mishnah seems to be superfluous. There's no Chirush here. We know the different Shirim already from other places. We know intent is important. So what's a Chirush? And it's left as a question. No answer. Next halacha. Halacha Gimel, the Mishnah says, If someone writes, whether it's with his right hand, where, whether it is with his left hand, um, whether, whether these letters are the same letter or different letters, we'll discuss that soon. Um, or here it's simani, meaning whether here it says, I feel even if it's just not a letter, but symbols. That's what simaniot. That's, uh, there's a different case of actually, which means different uh, inks and stuff. But here, the Rukhain explains it's simaniot. Uh, it could be Bechulash on any language, should be Chayv. So, two Otiot is a sheer writing on Shabbos. He says, so what we're explaining here is Rabbi Yossi is now explaining, he's not being Cholik, he's explaining why even to Samaniot, even if they're not letters, is one would be Chayful, because in the Mishkan they weren't necessarily writing letters, it was for an indication as marks. Because what these do on the beam, so they know that their placement, they would put little symbols on them. So therefore, in other words, Ezer Ben Zugor, which one pairs up with the next one? Um, so therefore, it doesn't even have to be letters. It was just as, it wasn't, we weren't writing letters for, for if you like, for, for writing. It was just simanim as, as symbols to know how to pair the crushing together. Now, Amar of Yehuda of Yehuda says, Matsinu Shem Katam Mishem Gadol, Shem Mishimon, so what does he say? If you're writing a full word and you end up after writing two letters, it itself is a word on its own. So for example, you wanted to write Shimon and you wrote Shem. Now the fact that the Mem Sufit and, and the normal Mem are different, we'll discuss that in the Gemara. But maybe the simpler one is Noach and Nachor. You want to write Nachor and you wrote Noach, you'd be Chayet. Now, you have to appreciate why this is the case. Because if it wasn't a Shem, meaning if you wrote two letters, it didn't mean anything in the process of writing a big word, he said you wouldn't be chayv because he's not mechayv al-miktzat melacha. And we talked about this before. There's a discussion. Are you chayv al-miktzat melacha? And it's not miktzat melacha. So, so why is it then that you're chayv if it is a word? Isn't that considered miktzat melacha? And the answer is because... Um, we'll see later on, because that's what's called a malacha mitkeim at mamakom acher. It's a bit like if you're weaving, in your process of weaving, and you do a substantial amount, we'll discuss this tomorrow, that is a mitkayemet, that is substantive in another context, then you'd be chayef for doing that. So again, mitzat malacha, no, but if that mitzat is substantial, it's mitkayemet at mamakom acher, according to Rebbe Yehuda, you would, sorry, Rebbe Yehuda, you would be chayef for doing that. Right? Because you're in the process of doing something, and that something you've done is substantial in its own right, so therefore you're chayev. It's a bit like in weaving, I've done, I've gone up and down, I've, actually I've done shte batim as an example, and that is a substantial amount, that's mit kayemet, that's why you be chayev. Okay? So it's a... But aren't simoniot entirely uh, without meaning? 
Okay, so Rebbe Hood is disagreeing with that. Okay, that's what it sounds like. It has, that's Ketiva. It's Rebbe Yossi, because we've got different shit altogether. Now, now the question is, who's, who's, which shit is that? And that's Rebbe Yossi, like I explained to you, that when, when Abba Rebbe Yossi, when he continues, he is continuing, he was explaining the ratio of the Mishnah. He is the ratio of the Mishnah. Okay, um, fine. So, what does it mean in any language? I feel even if you wrote Aleph and Alpha, as in the Hebrew letter followed by the Greek letter, the two odd one, one next to the other, in other two different languages, one would also be Chayev. Okay. Now, what's the question here? The question is here, okay, you're writing this Simanim on the Krashim, but that's only, only how you know how they might pair together. But how do you know, what did they do to ensure the orientation was correct? So maybe you're going to end up putting them in upside down. So we say, no, it's impossible for them to put, put the Krashim when they erect them to put them upside down. Why? Because Kamin Kulmusin Ayuosem. Now, Kulmus is a quill. And the point of a quill is it comes narrows to a point. In other words, the Krashim were, were sort of wide. And at the bottom, at the base, they came to a point, or they narrowed at least. And that's how they fit into the Adanim, to the, the sockets. So there's no, you're not going to make a mistake putting it upside down because it's not going to fit in. Okay? That's point number one. Next. But one second, maybe you might put them back to front, inverted. Meaning the outside faces, you're going to put an inside. So it says, no, tabota mochichot. They actually had rings on these krashim on which they thread through the poles. And they were on the outside, so the rings would ensure that they are, you know, they're facing the right way. Okay. Well, maybe once again, you're pairing them together, you might put, instead of left next to right, right next to left, you put them the wrong way, you know, you, you pair them the wrong way around. So we say, the Gemara says, um, uh, what's luchsan? Alachson usually means like on a diagonal, on a slant. So luchsan, um, Ruf Chaim says, they write them on the diagonal. The first one would be siman the mala, and the second one would lematamim and was slightly downwards. So in other words, the two letters wouldn't pair right next to each other, they'd be offset, so you know which is on the right, which is on the left. Okay, that's that point. Um, now the Gemara asks, okay, what's the fuss about? If they're all the Krashim are identical, who cares? So put them whichever way it works nicely. So Amrav Imi says, When you wreck the Mishkan, it says you have to do a Kamishpato. Once again, the Mishpat meaning just, you know, to do according to the Lord, does that apply to pieces of wood? And Ella is a is a kerasachan in a tempetzafon, in a tempetzafon, but they're only in tempetzafon. In other words, when it says Kamishpato, it means that whatever Keresh, with Zoycha to be in such a location, there it shall be. Okay? And you don't start changing the order. Now, that also has ethical implications, as you see in the following Gemara. It says, Ilin de Rebbe Yoshua, the Mishpacha Rebbe Hoshaya, sorry, the Debar Pazi, Havun Shalim Bishalmi de Nisiyah Bechoyom. They used to every day go and Shalim Bishalom, they greet the Nasi every day. The Havun Ilin de Rebbe Hoshaya, Ilin Kanmai, but not Kanmai. It just happened to be that the practice was Rebbe Yoshua's Hoshaya, sorry, family came first. And and as an in the Barpazi, Bitchat Nun Benisyuta. But what happened is the family Barpazi ended up marrying into the family of the Nasi. So therefore they thought, okay, till now we've been second, but maybe now because we're Krobim Mishpacha, maybe we should go in first. They wanted to come in first. They went to Rav Imi, who gave this drasha just above about, about explaining why the Krashim have to be in their locations and not be moved about. Amalov Rav Imi says, He brought these exact same word to explain this explanation, this situation. Does wood really have a Mishpat? Ella, 
Meaning the pieces of wood, wherever there was Zoycha to be, there they should continue to be. So, so to here, despite the fact there's been a change in familial relationships here, doesn't make a difference. You don't morid someone from their cardboard of going first place because of that. Okay, now does that always hold? So you'll see in a moment. Trey Zarin Havel Bitsipori. There were two families in Sipori. Balvataya or Paganaya, or Paganya, I don't know how to pronounce it, but two families. They used to, they used to greet the Nasi every day. They used to go in first. And what happened is, now it's important to understand Balvataya and Paganaya, I think it is. Um, the Kormanator says one was Chochmi Eitza, they were the intellectuals, and the Pagnaya were, were regular people. That's why the Balataya had the precedent. Okay. As a Pagnaya, and what happened is, is the Pagnaya went to the, 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 the family, the, actually went to Yeshiva, started learning, and the Zachan Borait ended up becoming big Tamidi Chachamim. So therefore, the question was, could the, this family, who now became Tamidi Chachamim, now go first, rather than the family who was always going first? Now, according to the story we've just said, you don't, just like the crushing, you don't more read the Sama Miyag Magadullah. However, Ishdalit le Rebbe Shimon ben Lakish. They asked Rebbe Shimon Lakish and Shala Rebbe Shimon Lakish, Rebbe Yochanan. He went to Rebbe Yochanan and asked. Al Rebbe Yochanan, the drasha, Rebbe Yochanan got up and made the following drasha. In the main Rishad Rav Banaya. In the, in the Beit Midrash of Rav Banaya. He says, Apilu Mamzer Tamakacham Bakoen Gadol, Ama Aretz. Even if you've got a Mamzer Tamakacham and a Kongadol Ama Aretz, in other words, when it came to Yichos and family and, you know, who's marrying who, no, you don't move cover, you don't change the orders of things. However, when it comes to Talmud Torah, that's a different story. Even if you've got a, an Ama'aretz, so even if someone's an Ama'aretz, but he's a Talmud he has precedence over a, a coin, it could be even the coin Gadol who's an Ama'aretz. Now, what is that precedence in what? So the Gemara Sabri Merimah, they thought initially what that means is We thought initially the Bene Yeshiva thought that what does that mean? That means if the two taken captive, who do we redeem first? Or to clothe them or to support them. Hali Yeshiva, when it came to where they're seated. Now, Yeshiva here, Rebchaim explains. One second. Oh, no, it wasn't Rebchaim, it was somebody else. It was Pemosha, I think. Yes, Pnei Moshe. Sorry, I wrote it, I wrote it down wrong. It says, could only, this is in the middle of Sabri Meimah, could only Shev Barosh, where they, precincts where they sit, or like more that uh, who gets to enter first, via they thought, no, maybe not. Maybe you still give the Kohen Gadol over the Amaretz. However, Amaralayin, Afbilu Yeshiva, even in this concept of Yeshiva, the Amaretz, Talmachacham, takes precedence to the Kohen Gadol, sorry, uh, the Mamzer, I'm not saying that makes sense. The Mamzer Talmachacham has precedence to the Kohen Gadol Amaretz. You kind of, I'm, Whatever. Yeah, you understand. So the question is, my timer. Why is that the case? Because it says in the Pasuk, Yekara, this, someone who's a Tamachacham is more dia hi mipninim. What's mipninim? Even more than Kohen Gadol, who goes into the Kodesh Kodashim, you've got a Mamzer Tamachacham, and that person who nichnas lifnai vilifnim is an Amaaret, as you said, precedent. So in that situation, they would have changed the order of events. When this family, the Pagnaya, the family became Tamechachamia, they would have been going first. Okay. Now it says Tani um, Gad, Gad, sorry, it says Gad Megadiel. And now Reb Chaim says, nearly, he says, you're not, you're not Goresta. 
However, I just I'll read like I think Reb Chaim reads it, and then I'll go back and show you the Korbanenda how he uh, explains it. Lishna Acharina he says Meiti then with the question of Rabbi Huda, if you're writing Shem Mishmuel, the problem is in your middle of writing words Shmuel, you end up writing a Shin Mem, and it's not a Mem Sofit, so you haven't written the word Shem. So Hello Elup Shutim Ve'Elup Kafufim, and Reb Chaim says it's Blo Ifshit, it's not answered. What's interesting here the 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 bavli when it discusses this opens up a bit further and he says it's actually machloket if someone writes the wrong letter in the sefer torah, meaning instead of a pashtul he writes a sofit. Now according to it was Rabbi Huda ben Batera there it would be kasha. So therefore we see and then by, we see by extension that Rabbi Huda in our Mishnah goes a step further that if you write a sofit as a pashtul it also he, presumably be kasher, and that's how I explain it, meaning that the sofit and the pshutim, according to these opinions, aren't so critical, right? Again, we had the dugma and the haftorah last week. Ah, okay. Right. That's one place where you have a, a mem sofit in the middle of the word. Right, right, right. Very good. Very, very good. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but in a way, Yashami leaves it as a, as a question, it sounds like. And by the way, we've seen this before sometimes when you, when things are left as a question, it might be that it's answers obvious, right? Um, so maybe, I don't know. I don't know how to, what, what to make of it. But in any event, what's here, I'll show you the Corbinator who understands this flow that keeps tan, Tani Gadva Gadiel, meaning he, um, in the Corbinator, in the middle of the Tani Gadva Gadiel, the Dumach, is what the Gemara is saying here is when the Mishnah, you, you should only teach the case of Gadma Gadiel and not the name Shem Mishmuel. Okay, or Shem Mishimon. Why the Shem Mishimon, the Dan, the Dan Medaniel, which is another case, like you can't say those cases. So where the Korbanator reads Yerushalmi, it's the Gemara saying, no, you have to, the, the, you have to read the Mishnah differently because Rabbi would only hold the cases where the second letter is, makes sense as a Pashut, like if it's again, um, Gad Megadiel. Okay, that's, that's a different way of reading the Sugya. So it's not the Vlukasha, it's just saying, it sounds like again, Yerushalmi would be then Cholik on the Bible completely. Okay, Tani, the Shem Rabbi Huda. Ketav Shteotiot Shabin, Vehen Shem. Importantly, if Rabbi Huda says, if you write two letters, one after the other, and they form a name, Vehen Shem, because we said, according to Rabbi Huda, doing a partial malacha wouldn't make you chayev. It's only if it's mitkayim etmoncho Okay, meaning if that is considered a word in its own right. So it says, but so therefore, if you've got two letters, one after another, from a long word, like, a, a, I don't know, Titanos. Like, you know, it's a two letter. You can think of many different words like that. Kamor, Kamor, Sas, Tat, Gag, Rar, Chach. These, these are, these are, but um, these, these are, these are words on their own, right? Then you'd be Chayat. Okay? It has to be, but if there are two letters that don't make a word, then not. Okay? Rabbanan amishteot yot mikomakom. Now, the Rabbanan hold a different opinion altogether. They said also, Mitzat Malachai, actually, you would be Chayat for. So even if the two letters don't mean anything, two letters on their own, you'd be chayv, in other words, because you've done mixat, it's part, part of a malacha, if you're chayv, it's got the shear. However, they're cholek that it can't be the same two letters one after the other. Okay? So they each have a kul and a chumur, as we'll explain in a minute. Now, why would that be the case? I couldn't find an answer, but actually, so Pnei explains. He says, la fuke hanach the shavin. Why? Because as soon as it's the same letter one after the other, they hold, if again, if it's part of a word, then we say it's called echad haven. Then it's considered like one letter. That's that's opinion of chachamim. Okay. Now, if you intentionally wanted to write the word gag, then you would be chayev. We're talking about the the, the 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 case we're discussing is your you started writing a longer word. Again, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it can be 
either letters. It could even be the same letters as long as it makes a word. It doesn't have to make a word, but it has to be different letters. Okay, that's 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 machloket. So Eshkach Amar Kala Vechumrat. We say Kulzul Chumrat Al Rabbi Yehuda and Kulzul Chumrat Al Rabbi Rabbana. Kala Al Rabbi Yehuda the Kulzul Rabbi Yehuda is Ketav Shteir to Shavira two letters the same Behen Shem and they make a word like Gag. Avat Rabbi Yehuda be Chayev because it's two letters even though they're the same but it makes a word. Have Al to the Rabban and your Patro because it's two letters that are the same. Kala Al the Rabbanan the Kulzul the Rabbanan the Shteir to Yod Mikol Makol. He says Afal Pishen Enam Shem. So if you've got two letters that are not the same, and even if they're not making a word, then it says, Rabbanan, you be chayev. How about the Rabbi Yehuda? You'd be patu. Okay? Um, we'll probably stop here, because otherwise it'll take us too far. But then we're going to... Then, tomorrow, she is going to ask this question again about Rabbi Yehuda. Because here, we sort of start to say it has to be a substantive word. But your question in the beginning, we saw Rabbi Yehuda before, says, I'm sort of... This is like a, a preview for next year. It's one of the surprise. Uh, we saw that if you're at your door, if you're just doing some preparatory action like shovet, you're banging these threads, moving it apart, you'd be high for that. So what's you know, what's going on? And that's that's a kasha. Basically, we'll see tomorrow. Sure. All right. The two letters would could could also be transliteration from another language, or it would have to be a Hebrew word. I don't know. I don't. Know. Rebbe Kiva says that totafot. Uh, ah, very good question. Uh, the Gemara didn't bring that. I didn't, didn't bring tut. Not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Very good. Thank you. I called him.